You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast. Let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host Greg E Hill, the Culture Change Agent. On this show, we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, to empower, and to inspire our current and future generation of leaders and you already know i got a show for y'all happy new year 2017 i know you're like greg it is january 12th what are you talking about some happy new year but it's a happy new year for me and you because it's the first episode of my know the trouble is a podcast in 2017 and i got a show for you and guess what it's not gonna be two hours it's not even gonna be an hour and 30 minutes i kept this thing as an entirety hour around like 12 minutes all right <laughs> but thank y'all so much for your emails your tweets and all your prayers during this time off i have been reflecting i have been coasting i've been on a boat i've been in the beach South Myrtle Beach to be exact, as well as Atlanta. Shout out to my pen pal, Dr. Moo out there. Shout out to the U-Bar. If anybody been to Atlanta, you know about the U-Bar. It's like kind of like a black hooters. <laughs> they got 50 cent wings and $10 pictures of Long Island iced teas. Crazy, right? And then uh, shout out to Georgia Aquarium, uh, Two Urban Licks. If you are in Atlanta, you need to hit Two Urban Licks. This is not a sponsored podcast, but Two Urban Licks is a phenomenal date spot, chill spot. Go hit it. Um, and main event bowling. Had a great time, great time, great time, great time in Atlanta, in Atlanta, in Atlanta. And New Year's, I was at church. So it's been an interesting break. Everybody knows, um, not everybody knows, if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm in the process of applying to business schools. Currently, I'm applying to Duke. Indiana, Texas, California, Berkeley, Michigan, Emory. And those are six schools. Keep me in prayers, by the way. So it's been a long time doing all these essays, uh, keeping up with people, making sure they submit their recommendations, praying about even if I should even go the business school route because there's another two years out the way, um, as well as just, man, just thinking like, yo, I can do it on my own and I can just build my own network like I've been doing and continue to grow. But also just thinking smartly, thinking about my future and saying that business school would also be a great alternative for me to continue to grow while it would only help and enhance what I'm already doing for the most part. So it's been it's been weighing on me, but we decided to go through with it. We applied via consortium. So if I get into uh, the first five schools, then that'll be tuition free. Duke, I don't know. I, don't, I ain't taking on a hundred some thousand dollars worth of debt, so <laughs> we're gonna see. I'm gonna charge y'all a dollar per listen for the podcast. I'm playing, <laughs> but yeah. So it's been an exciting time. It's been also been a uh, a time of unknowns because you're heading into a new year. Um, teaching. 
the podcast, we still speaking, but you don't know what's going to happen in eight months. I could be anywhere in the country. I could be still here. I could be speaking back fully, full time. I could be in somebody's classroom learning about ratios and finance. Who knows? So I've been kind of on edge and that spilled over to my personal life because, you know, it's hard to, to build, in my in my eyes, solid relationships with people, specifically if you're trying to date and all those other things, if you don't know where you're going to be, say if you are, especially this is a problem with our urban millennials where we're always jumping from place to place. So it's like, well, if I set roots here, what happens if I go to Texas? Not to say a long distance thing could have worked, but there's no guarantee I'd be coming back to North Carolina. So I think it it, it, it opens up a new wave of complexities and Honestly, sometimes anxiety as well. Um, so definitely, I, I'll dig deeper into that in future episodes. But um, that's just kind of in my head what I've been dealing with, what I've been working on. And I'm, but I most importantly, I'm excited for this new year. What we're going to bring for the podcast, the people I've been interviewing, the people I got signed up to be interviewed. Like it's going to be a lot of value add, a lot of real conversations. There's also going to be some technical stuff. So my business people like, yo, Mr. Hill, I don't, I, I, I'm not here to talk about feelings. I'm here to get principles so I can become a millionaire or build apps and all this other stuff. I got you. But for my people that are like, yo, I can read blogs and, and read other podcasts specifically about business. I'm just here to come to real conversation. Not real as if, you know, some other podcasts out there, all they do is just talk about other stuff. Um, no offense to them, but this ain't the podcast for that. But real stuff in a setting with still professional can add value to our careers as well. So. I got something for you. And, and, and today's episode is powerful because um, I call her a good friend. First of all, first of all, first of all, before I get into a shout out to Lakashaw once again for providing the intro. I don't give him enough credit. That brown skin intro is popping. And he's a, a local, not local, he's a DMV artist, which actually moved into L.A. in March. So I want to give him the podcast because he has some amazing and awesome music. So make sure you check him out. It's Lot Kashaw on Instagram, on SoundCloud. Great, 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 talented artist. So our interview guest today, I call her a good friend. Not in a good friend in the sense of I've known her for seven to ten years, but I've met her once at a, a co-hosted program at North Carolina Central University over the summer. And her energy and her spirit is off the charts. Also, her story is in certain aspects, it could it could bring and emote tears, like what she's been through and her stance on it and, and how she is still positive and, and has this this aura about her during this day. And we're not gonna this podcast is not gonna focus solely on her story. She got a book for that that's coming out in March. But we are going to dip a little bit into it, and um, I definitely, I definitely, definitely, this, this, this show, this interview is going to be a value add and worth your time for all those people that want real stories and and kind of open up doing real conversations that need to be addressed in this community, um, as well as entering 2017 because I know a lot of us have big goals, we have big initiatives, and some have to have new themes, some people have weight loss, some people make more money, some people to cut people off, and all this other stuff. But um, I think this podcast is going to allow us to refocus and and refuel and get our our energy and our minds where we need to go to make 2017 and i'm calling it for every single person that listen to this podcast to make 2017 the best podcast my bad best year of all time that's what we're gonna do hopefully this podcast can help you 0.01 percent there get you there and other resources as well. So I'm excited. So I'm going to read a snippet of her bio and then I'm going to stop rambling. We're going to get on this interview. All right. <laughs> she is a native of Raleigh, North Carolina, 
and she's a proud graduate, like I mentioned earlier, of North Carolina Central University, where she received a bachelor's degree in family consumer sciences. She is currently pursuing a master's degree in social work. She has served as ambassador of the North Carolina AIDS Action Network Women's Engagement Team, which works directly with the Greater Than AIDS Program for the Alicia Keys Empowerment Initiative. Her personal interests include a lifestyle blog, the Lux Blog NC, that dedicates and discusses art, culture, entertainment, and style for North Carolina, which is making huge waves. She is also a managing online content editor and contributing writer for Sheen Magazine, as well as another national publication. When she is not writing, she is covering red carpet events such as the 2016 Black Girls Rock Awards, where she had the opportunity to interview Shonda Rhimes, as well as the 2016 Article Festival, 2016 Beats and Bars Festival, and the 2016 Sheen Magazine's Legendary Weekend. And when I tell you, Article Festival, shout out to Dr. Mitchell, phenomenal. Shout out to Krista Taylor, the, the, the spearheaded Beats and Bars Festival. Amazing stuff getting done in North Carolina. Had a shout out North Carolina NC, Bull City Stand Up. And she is a graduate researcher assistant with UNC's Beat HIV Project for the Global Health and Infectious Disease Institute. And she's also a very sought after speaker. Without further ado, I would like to introduce. Kimberly Knight to the Minority Trailblazer podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here tonight. It is. I cannot wait to chat with you. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> now I know. I'm, I'm, I'm more excited than you are. And uh, <laughs> a little bit about our backstory. Like, and, and, and as y'all see over the next couple of weeks as I'm interviewing guests, is every single guest until the end of season four, it's been a back and forth with schedule. Like all these interviews were supposed to get done months and months ago, but luckily everybody has created time and opportunity to get it done just like Miss Knight. So I'm finally glad to get on the show we spoke um and worked together on a joint project way almost a year ago crazy how time flies it in north carolina mm-hmm. central and just hearing a snippet of her story then and um working with her i was like man i definitely got her gonna show so i'm glad you're here thank you so much i am so glad to be here and that project was so fun working of course at my alma mater north carolina <laughs> central university you know i have to keep bringing up the eagle pride <laughs> <laughs> So before we jump right into it, we always like to start the show off with a quote just to get the energy flowing and just to get the vibe uh, going to where we want to go to with the show. So um, I'll let you take us and share with us a quote and a story on how you apply that quote to your everyday life. Okay, great. Well, on my social media platforms in the last couple of months, I've been utilizing this quote, and it's actually one that I came up with myself, which is really awesome. And I always say, if no one will give you a lane, create your own. And the reason why I say that is because there have been many opportunities that I've had over the past few years in the things that we're going to be talking about in this podcast where um, opportunities were not always open to me, but now they have been once I created my own lane. And with that particular lane happens to be the Lux blog. So I know we're going to chat about that soon. So that's definitely a quote that I definitely take into 2017 for me. I got you. I got you. And I guess the, um, to, to start opening that up before we get into your personal bio, I want to dig deeper into that story. Can you name like one of the first one of the first vivid lanes or doors that you just had closed and um, and when you created your own lane around it. And, it. and I know sometimes it may not have happened right after or during, but how long did it take for you to, to realize, like, hold up, I know this door is closed, but I can just 
go through the back door. I can create my own. Like, what, what was the first time that really hit you and, 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 and then you made that pivot? I think that was around 2014. I had just started writing for local magazines here in North Carolina, and I started reaching out to major label magazines and, of course, to protect their trademark and their, you know, censor is not going to say their names. But um, I reached out to a lot of the major magazines that we all love to read, and many of them at the time were not accepting submissions that I was sending them. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I really wanted to get my kind of content out there, and I really wanted to be this creative change agent that I am to be out here and talking to people about all types of wonderful things, especially in my home state of North Carolina. So that's how the Lux blog really was born. It was a creative process of me and another significant other coming up with the idea, the concept to create something that would be North Carolina based. And then as the Lux blog continued to grow in the course of this past year, we're now a year and about three months old now. Um, as it became a year anniversary, it was really taking on the concept of being more globally seen, but still North Carolina based to show the presence of the beauty of Carolina. So that's kind of like when I saw that around 2013, 14 is when I noticed there just weren't any lanes for people wanting to hear about North Carolina based entertainment, music style, culture, art. They really were like wanting me to just write mainly about mainstream. And even though I still do write for two major publications, um, it was one of those things where I really wanted to touch base about my home state. Mm. Mm -hmm. And we're going to dig deeper in that to that later in the show. So before we do, can you share with our audience um, a snippet of where you who you are and then where you come from? Sure. Um, my name, again, is Kimberly Knight. I'm originally from Wilson, North Carolina, um, eastern North Carolina area. So I am a native of Raleigh, North Carolina. I live here now. been living here for about the past six years. Really love it, the area. Um Background story for me is really traditionally I've always enjoyed journalism and writing. I did writing and journalism in high school and college years, but I really wanted to take it to another level. So that's kind of where my writing content started to come out. Another another personal piece about me is that I'm a big advocate for HIV awareness. And I know that's something we'll be talking about also in the podcast as well. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of like my main philanthropy that I love to support and to, as you were reading with my bio, um, love to talk about with people. So those are pretty much um, some other things about me. And of course, I love all things art, culture, entertainment style. Um, I love spending time with family and friends. But general background is I am an HIV awareness speaker. Um, I also a research assistant at UNC Chapel Hill. Um, which I truly enjoy working with the To Be HIV Project with Dr. Matthews. So, yeah. Mm, okay, okay, okay. And and typically on the, the Minority Trailblazer podcast, we have three rounds. We have the past, um, we have the present, and then we have the future round, and then we have like a, a fast-paced five questions in the show round that kind of ended with some energy. So, of course, we're going to start off with the past round, and I want to I want the, the the start off with the past round to look at it through three lenses because um, when I'm talking to you earlier, and then now hearing what you part, um, you you do a lot, <laughs> 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 like you do a lot because I mean you're contributing writing with 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 two other major publications as well mm -hmm. as um, Lux Blog, which congratulations just brought on. I'm still the beat. You brought on just I ain't gonna still the beat, but you brought on a lot of talent to the team, making a lot yes. of great updates. Yes. And then outside of that, you're still working, pursuing your master's degree. 
Um, yes. And then outside of that, you still have a day job working with working with students. So if you could just yes. take us through first um, students working, like how did you get into the, the lane um, in academia and, and, and your purpose with that? Then let's talk about Lux blog as far as how they got, because I think you spoke a little bit about how it got started, but mm-hmm. the vision for it and where it's going to today. And then last but not least, um, talk to why you're so passionate um, about HIV awareness and that whole uh, in, in getting into that lane because most people just wake up and say I want to do research and I want to I want to advocate for it and the time that you spend in there I know you have a, a, a deep reason and why so if you could talk first about um, education then about Lux blog and then um, getting to your your rationale of being so committed to HIV awareness and, and and delving a large part of your life in that okay sure absolutely my love for working with students started as i also was teaching second grade so i was an educator now i'm an administrator so now it's a little bit of different hat i kind of more so work with parents and students a little bit more in depth but when i was working with um in teaching mode of course i was working with students primarily and then of course we have you know moments with parents as well interaction with my parents but I just, my family, I have a lot of educators in my family. So many of them either pursued nursing or education. So I knew nursing was not for me. (laughs) I'm not the type to do needles. So, (laughs) or IVs. So I knew I had to go the opposite pathway of my parents. They were nursing. I went into um, education and I enjoyed it. I taught for four years. And then um, with transition into a master's program, I, I, kudos to anyone that can do masters and teach at the same time Mm -hmm. big kudos to them Mm -hmm. that is a large (laughs) task (laughs) and uh, for me I knew coming out of the classroom and wanting to pursue this work was going to be the best step for me so traditionally that's where I am I am traditional educator I'm a big advocate for supporting students and families and I just think that it's overall it's great to um, have that kind of presence and experience by working in the school systems, private and public, to be able to see the dynamics of our community. And with wanting to pursue a master's in um, social work, that really is going to help my background with going into the field and doing social work. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to the Lux blog, that's my baby. That is my joy. That's my muse. Uh, the Lux blog, it has evolved and developed from its infant stage. And we're now going into the toddler stage where we're walking a little bit, but we're still a little bit shaky. But we are very excited for the new team members. We're bringing on nine new team members. We have a new website launching um, now this month in January. We're just really excited for all these brand new opportunities to present original content That's about people that are here living in your state that are doing extraordinary things, including yourself. Um, (laughs) And we just really want to highlight those people. And on the Lux blog, traditionally, for those of uh, those that subscribe to us, and I would like to say kudos to all of our subscribers. We have about 6,025 right now that are our subscribers In in a year. And we love, love, love you. You, you, you know, you have us coming to your email every week with our content and we really, truly appreciate you. So if any of my subscribers are listening, I definitely want them to know that I greatly appreciate all that you are to me and for your views on my pages and supporting all of our social media. Um, 
And deluxe blog content, we have interviewed celebrities. We've had a few celebrities on there, but majority of it, I say 95% is definitely North Carolina raised and born people. Um, and that are doing just extraordinary things from small business owners to entertainers, to musicians, to DJs, radio personalities, politicians, um, community organizations such as Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated um, invited us to two events last year and being able to cover the award shows that we were able to cover. Black Girls Rock, Art of Cool Festival that's here based in Durham, Beats and Bars Festival also based in Durham, um, Sheen Magazine based out of Atlanta. I'm also, like I said, the um, content editor for them as well as their contributing writer for the past three years. And the Lamplighter Awards um, that's hosted by hosted by um, The Light. So I definitely appreciate being able to have that kind of content to be on our first year platform. And we're ready to take it to the next level and show even more behind the scenes and interviews and exclusives and things. And when people get to see all this content and we want to be their one stop shop for knowing what's going on when they come to visit North Carolina. Mm, and, and, and two questions on that. Uh, the, sure. The, the first question is. How do you how did you go about uh, getting those all access passes? Because I know it might be commonplace in your industry to get the cover events and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, for those listeners out there that are not familiar with um, covering events and that the, the journalism space like that, how simple or how, how hard is it to get access to uh, cover those type of award shows and and to get those one on ones with um, with celebrities, but also local artists like how does that how does that work? Um, The main way it works is building relationships. Like I tell people all the time, follow them on social media, you know, repost them. If it's something that they put on their content that you like, repost it, message them. And then for us at the Lux blog, we always say, let us know when you're having some type of event or upcoming project you like us to promote or any kind of networking, social, anything that's going on content wise. And we would love the opportunity to be able to showcase that for our subscribers. And we've been very blessed to be have open doors to us for these types of opportunities to work with BET Network and be able to go to Black Girls Rock. Amazing experience to be able to cover that event. Um, Article Festival, as many people know, a major festival mm-hmm. being called, you know, you know, the Jazz Coachella. It's an amazing festival with all of these wonderful celebrities. So mainly I tell people it's the key is to building community relationships with people. Get to know the people that are behind the scenes, not just focusing on those you hear every day. If you're interested in being a media journalist or being in the media industry, I definitely say learn the route of developing networking relationships. And and don't let the only time you reach out to them be when you need something or want to pass or want to be into their event let it be an everyday just casual day just because hey how are you how's your day loved your content that you had there and develop those relationships and we here at the Lux blog have been able to do that mm. and i think that's a skill set in itself and uh it's not natural but just the art of continuing to support others um others mm-hmm. in your industry others that are doing doing good events because it's easy to to look like I, I i i'm a victim of that sometimes myself i look i'm looking online i'm doing research and i see somebody doing something i might like it or say oh congrats but sitting out mm-hmm. doing that personal call or sending that that, that one text message say, hey i love the work you're doing and why 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 you enjoy it and i think that mm-hmm. goes um, a long way in building those roots. That doesn't mean calling every single day, like, hey, how oh, you no. doing? Like, nah, nobody <laughs> has time for that. But just, 
acknowledging their success and acknowledging why. If you do feel it, if you do love what they're doing, tell them why. Like, I mean, that that really incur and, and I can speak for myself when somebody says, Okay, I love your projects and this is why. I mean, I don't care what that what they do. I mean, I know and they're good in my book for the next year. Right. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. That's what's up. Rather than saying, oh, cool, or, or double type is something that's not supporting, just saying why you like it. And then of course reposting and resharing, um, regardless of the amount of followers you have, whatever, even if you have one or two or you have a couple of subscribers, yeah. just showing that support is is, mm-hmm. is also great. And the, my my next question is, how do you attack time? Because I know even as an administrator, your time is probably very demanding. And then yeah. as a, a researcher, time is probably very demanding. And then as Lux blog and building something um, that you're covering events, not just in North Carolina, like how do you look at time and how do you, how do you uh, balance it? Um, one thing I am very well at is multitasking and time management and making time and spaces for each entity, for each thing and being useful of my quality time to utilize those things. So for example, I always believe that when you do something you love, it never feels like work. So I always like to tell people, please make sure you organize yourself, whether it's through your Google share calendar, or if you actually have a day planner, whatever is your method of organization or your vision board, whatever it is that motivates you and gets you excited, just make sure it's something where constantly each day you can refer back to it and it reminds you of your goals. And I actually posted yesterday on my social media about this book I'm reading called Meditations for Women Who Do Too Much. <laughs> and <laughs> it's by Annie Wilson Shafe. And I actually um, received this book as a birthday gift from my best friend, Miranda. And yesterday's quote was amazing because it was talking about how we can be so caught up in what we're trying to get done that we don't recognize all that we've achieved. Mm-hmm. So that's something in part two with my time management. I do balance. So in the day I make plans, I have things color coded because I'm just that anal. <laughs> <laughs> I have things color coded where I know this is for, you know, the school system I work for. This is for you, the university I work for. This is for the Lux blog team. And then also, like you said, I'm also an HIV awareness speaker. So Typically in the fall, in the spring semesters, I'm a little bit busy then, too, because I'm traveling and speaking at different colleges. Um, So it's one of those things where you find the balance in between of doing all those things. So, yeah, I find pretty good balance. And I love my Google Calendar and my Happy Planner. So (laughs) Mm, I got you. I got you. I got you. And and, um, so now let's transition into the the, the, the next, not the next round, but um, your, your, your awareness and your, your HIV awareness and why it's so important to you and and talk a little bit about your speaking career. Yes. um, HIV awareness for me is definitely near and dear to my heart. I'm actually a widow. Um, I became a widow at 31 years old. My I'm 35 now. My late husband actually was living with HIV and he did not tell a soul, including me. We were married for 11 months when he passed away and we had known each other over 20 years. He was my high school sweetheart, um, definitely the love of my life. And it was one of those um, transitional things where after you go through the grieving process and you realize that that life partner that you had is no longer with you, you wonder to yourself, why did they feel compelled not to share their story or take treatment? He refused to take treatment once I got to see his medical records. And it makes you wonder and say to yourself, well, why did he feel compelled to do these certain things that he did? 
And that's when it opened up for me, realizing that there were a lot of people that were experiencing similar situations to him and as well as for me. I met a lot of people that were living secretively with HIV. And I say secretively in the sense, not private, but secretively in the sense of fear. But private is more so in the sense of I know my status and I know what I need to do and I'm in control of it. Mm -hmm. But in the secret sense, it's where I'm not in control of it and I don't know what to do to take care of myself or those near and dear to me. Um, And I think that's where my late husband was. So with him passing, it really spearheaded my HIV awareness button to start learning about the disease as well as learning about the community that was local and abroad and educating myself on everything. And even though I ended up being HIV negative, I wanted to be a big positive impact in the community. I didn't just want to sit still with my testimony and being able to go through that. And this is kind of the short snippet version, but um, I will have a book coming out this year, which I'm really excited about that. will go more in depth about my personal story for those who haven't heard me speak or seen any events that I've been able to do. Hmm. Um, But one thing I will say is that experience spearheaded it. And I started the red is the new black college tour which stemmed from being the advocate for the Alicia Keys Empowered program through Greater Than A's. Greater Than A's sponsors my tour, which has been really awesome. They've been really amazing. And then being able to move it from that level to connecting with UNC Chapel Hill. And they supported my fashion show, Red is the New Black Fashion Show, we had in June 2016 with the university, as well as the To Be HIV Project, even before I became a researcher on the project. Mm-hmm. Um, we were able to do a community event that it had over 250 people in attendance and talk about nothing but HIV in a comfortable, free setting. And it was absolutely beautiful. And just being able to be creative and join the To Be HIV team and become a researcher and knowing that the research that we do is so impactful worldwide and being able to go to the NIH, the National Institute of Health, D.C., being able to go to the HIV Strategies Conference. It's been an amazing ro- roller coaster with the HIV awareness that I do. And it's only increasing each year to a new platform. And that I am very thankful for. Man, that's um that's 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 very powerful, powerful um testimony. And uh, I don't want to dig too deep, but one, do you have can you at least give us the title yeah. of the book? Do you already have a title already or are you you, you I waiting? do have the title and it's called My Life as Being. And it's going to really talk about the last three days of my late husband's life, our marriage and the power of forgiveness. Mm. So and going into my life after. So it's really going to go into that. And I'm really excited to share it. It's going to be an amazing piece. I've been working on it for about two years now and uh, really excited to put it out in 2017. So what's the you have already have a date? Are you working on finalizing it? We are in the last final edits. We are prospective date is March 7th, which actually is my late husband's birthday. Um, So we are hoping to have it out by then. Um, But we will see with edits. So stay tuned. (laughs) But my goal is definitely um, to have it out by his birthday, by March 7th. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So two things with that. One, whenever you uh, whenever you. Uh, have legit let me know so I can promote it and also I can buy the book immediately Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I I guess the biggest thing out of that would say how and I know this is probably new to our listeners like yo this is a business podcast but it all it is on it is on my mind how how can people and communicate with 
um, perspective loved ones, say if you are, say, um, like in, in your scenario, your husband had HIV, but in other scenarios, there may be other, other individuals, man or woman, man, man, woman, woman that have maybe, um, another, uh, virus or something like that, or they have something that they really, it doesn't even have to be a, a disease or something that they really are not comfortable sharing, but they're in these relationships. Um, and I know you might talk about it in your speeches, but could you, for, for a real moment, real quick, or the audience, because I can tell probably in the back of the head, they're feeling like, well, this, if I share with somebody this and they've gotten to know me for five, six years, and if I share somebody this detail about me and we're in relation, they could, who knows what could happen. The fear of losing, there's a lot of things that go through their head. So, um, for people that may be out there, I don't know everybody's story, but I know I'm, it's like a preacher. I know I'm talking to, I know we're talking to someone right here <laughs> that is dealing with something that they're withholding from a partner or somebody close. What can be done? Because I mean, I, that's the, those, that's different than even a hard conversation. A hard conversation is say, I don't got the money for rent. How are we going to make it? But a right. harder conversation is dealing with this stuff that there's no book about. There's nothing that teaches us how to do that in life. So, um, from your, uh, not to dig too deep or get into your book, from your experience though, what can somebody out there doing? What kind of, what should a thought process be behind that rather than saying, if I, if I, if I don't say anything, then I can keep this going. One thing I will say is that when it comes to like, for example, with talking about HIV, I volunteered and did an internship with the Alliance of AIDS Services. And I've done a lot of volunteer work with HIV community in general. But one thing I will say that's a consensus is people having that first initial conversation about whatever their issue may be. Like you said, it may not be HIV related, but it could be just a concern or something that they're going through that may affect the person that they're with. And I think it's about timing and making, owning the truth of where you are in your life, with what you're dealing with, no matter what that may be. For my late husband, I feel like he never had a connection based on his journal writings and things I saw in his notes that he never had a connection space to the HIV. It was like, okay, I know I have this illness, but if I ignore it and I'm still feeling healthy, then I'm not going to have any kind of issues. Mm. But the thing is, is that the issue never went away. It's just that you pushed it into a far place in your mind so that it wasn't at the top of your priority list. And I think it's about owning your truth because even for me, I've had people who were not interested in dating me because of my story. were not interested in doing business with me because of my story. And I've always been owning my truth of my story. This is who I am. This is my story. And it's very open into the public. So if you are to date me or if you are to do business with me, then you know that this is something public record that you're going to see. Mm -hmm. And so I think for people dealing with it, it's just about taking the time out first owning it too. Don't be afraid to seek help and educate yourself about whatever issue you're going through. Because I think the hard part, especially in our um, African-American communities and people of color communities is talking about therapeutic services. I had amazing therapists that helped me work through a lot of things. She actually encouraged me to write in journal. And if I had not done that and got back into the rhythm of doing that, I may not have the Lux blog or the magazine, you know, titles that I've been able to obtain. And so I think it's important to get the help that you need. And then after you get help, educate yourself on whatever your topic or concern is in your life. Because holistically, if you're holding things in and you're dealing with issues within, it's going to come out eventually, whether it's through your skin, your health, your stress levels, 
or just blatantly just coming out and being out front. So it's better to be able to talk about your own story your own way. So I think people should just learn the value of owning where they are and being more open to talk about it. And I'm glad you mentioned about this being a business related podcast. My business title, my business name is Nightmore Inspirations LLC. So this is a licensed literary agency business. So the Lux blog is licensed and so is all of my speaking events and therefore. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 And that's uh and I think you hit on it better than than, than anybody because at the end of the day, and I'm I'm glad we have this podcast going into starting off 2017, not to get too deep mm-hmm. and everybody to be like, yeah. oh man, I'm driving. I'm trying to be like, but it is real though, because <laughs> a lot real. of stuff that's holding us back this held us back in 2016 and then mm-hmm. we think we just gonna have these new year's resolutions these new things all these things which is what i'm fine with but it's like yeah. if we don't address that elephant in the room with, with within us first before we can get to somebody else but within mm-hmm. us like i said in some situations it might be a virus in some situation whatever it is if we don't address laziness or pornography or whatever it's going to seek out in some type of way and i think that's mm-hmm. a if anything you don't take out this podcast today it is to when you when you press the when you're done with the podcast when you sit down and it might make you feel uncomfortable but really think some of us may have more than three i might i don't know i might have a couple too but it's like at least <laughs> at least identify one thing that you are just not addressing you're trying to push it out into the far limits of your mind but at the end of the day it's like it, it, it even if it doesn't come to the front it's going to come out like you said in some fashion and it's holding us back there's no way you can live a complete full free happy healthy life or even get there if you have those blocks in front of you. So um, I'm definitely glad because when you were thinking, I was like, wow, even though you were talking about that situation, but there's other areas that I know in all of us lives that are listening, that it's like, mm-hmm. we are not addressing. We are, we're, 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 we're polishing up this car, but our engine, oh, we got bad oil. We got leaks. We got all this other stuff. We go to the car wash every day. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> so, um, and then last but not least, before we go into the, the present day round and, 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 um, mm-hmm. Could you share with us after people listen to your story and and listen to to you speak? What is usually their 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 biggest takeaway from 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 hearing you? And when you go really in depth about your emotions, your time, what is usually their biggest takeaway? Um, when it comes to HIV awareness, or just overall? Overall. Okay. Overall, I think first people are just amazed at how I can accomplish so many different tasks. And pretty much be able to do them pretty efficiently. Um, I think that's the first thing that people always bring to my hindsight. And for me, I feel like it's just a blessing to be able to be a vessel, to be able to do multiple tasks and be gifted in different arenas and different areas. And um, knowing my worth and my self-worth and value as a woman and being able to know how to utilize my gifts effectively to the point where it doesn't exhaust me, but it empowers me. Um, And especially with the HIV awareness, I think people are always amazed that that you can be a survivor from a story like that and still be thriving and striving for better and more. And they don't see the feeling of like, shouldn't she be angry or depressed or alone or fearful and all these negative connotations. And it's just like you can have control over your life after. And for me, it was about moving forward. And it was like, okay, I have accepted I understand I have grieved. And now what can I do to be proactive to make this situation better? And that's how the awareness and everything was birthed from it. So, yeah, I think that's what shocks people is when they read my bio or they see my CV and they think, wow, you have done a lot in a short amount of time. (laughs) 
Um, but I think it's just God literally grooming me for more. And each year has been a new journey that I just love and anticipate each time. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And how long, and I know I, I thought I was moving, but I had another question. How long did, no, how long from, um, when the situation happened to, to when you really started like owning it and then really being an advocate for it? Was there like a year gap? Because even just listening to you, you share that story. It was, it was fluent. It was, it was like, wow, this is something people actually, cause people, when they hear stuff like that, sometimes they don't get the person is selling it. They really went through that. Like this is, this is, this mm-hmm. is really life. So how long did it take from, from when that happened for you to be like, okay, not only owning it, but then advocating for it and sharing your story to others to kind of help and heal and be a change agent, change agent in that space. Yeah, it was literally a few months because my husband passed in September 2012 and I was speaking my first event at North Carolina Central University, Eagle Pride, <laughs> um, in February 2013 at their Females Rock Initiative program. And I was invited there and it was an amazing experience. Um, I had a wonderful time and it was a chance for me to really share my story in front of an audience for the first time. And it was all college age women. And it was really just an empowerful, impactful time because a lot of times people always try to put the pressure on them because they're in college and they're around so many people that the only time in your life you're probably going to be in danger of an STD is really when you're in the college years. But this was a perspective of them seeing a marital situation where I was courted, I was in, engaged, and then I got married. And it literally was just like that. And, you know, I married the person that was my high school sweetheart who I went to prom with and all of this, and then got to see full circle how even someone that's known you that long from the same hometown and all of those things that you have together, close families and everything can still be living with issues that are going on that they don't feel comfortable opening up to tell you. Mm-hmm. And uh, awareness is the key and talking about testing and prevention and all of that. So it probably was a few months. It was literally from he passed in the end of September. It was like early February when I did my first speaking event. Wow. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. And um, mm-hmm. a, a selfish question, because I know um, mm-hmm. and sure. it, cause I know we're about to get to the, the present, but I, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm educated as well. And I always try to think because I, I always bring these powerful women onto this platform and they share their stories, they share their businesses. And it's like it's, it's freaking amazing to see so many women of color doing amazing things from across the country. But then um, when I first went into teaching uh, this year, teaching in high school and then getting a chance to to see certain women of color and some that uh that that really do not care about themselves or, or just obscene. You just see the crazy. I know you probably see crazy stuff in elementary. I know. So I get the more oh, yeah. advanced version <laughs> in, in high school. And it's like, like, man, how can we how can we get more? That, that more empowerment, the more self-worth into, and, and into our, our, our younger kids in high school. Cause I mean, I just, I never want to believe. And I think education will die in the title one system. Um, when people start believing that every, everybody can't, um, not be cured, but everybody can't change their mindset about certain things. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. you have half the school where the, the, the young black girls there, they're getting it. They, they own their books. They're not messing around with, they're not messing around with people because they're so focused and whatnot. They have half that it's just, it's always war. Like I'm a young black guy. I think it was going to be easier, easier to teach her getting it, but it's like, it's <laughs> always this complex battle every single day, uh, just to yeah. stay on task. And it's like, man, like, like how do, how do we reach 
how do we cross over and and reach that reach that threshold specifically because you might have and because um I'm I'm blessed to be at a school where the staff matches the demographic of the students but then it's mm-hmm. like it's still a lot of war in a lot of instances so um I know this is uh not it don't have to be researched back but what do you think is a, a cure for that ale of just transferring that that magic because I know everybody's not going to be perfect everybody's not going to learn everything at the same time but um I, it just it, it it kills my soul every single day at the end of the school day when I'm like man somebody they just don't get it I think for me um for my personal definition for is consistency and taking the time. A lot of young women that I have met that are middle school to high school age, it's really been about someone taking the time to spend with them and get to know them as an individual and breaking the ice of being able to say, okay, let's see what's more deeply within. I was a very shy teenager. I was definitely a school nerd. <laughs> I was always in my books. I was on the journalism team, quiz bowl, spelling bee, you name it academically. I was on it. Honor society. Um, and it was one of those things, but I was also popular too, because I had a lot of popular friends, but in the same token, it was one of my teachers that took the time to notice that He really enjoyed my essays and he asked me about writing for the school newspaper and then joining the yearbook club. And my creativity zone as an only child just started coming out even more by doing that. And he just, you know, that particular teacher, he's retired now, but he totally influenced a lot of my writing career. So I think it's just taking that time to develop those relationships with young women, and especially in the school systems, especially public school systems. We're seeing a lot of young women that don't have that self-worth, self-value going on. They're going along with whatever social media or mass Mm -hmm. media is producing for them as an image. And I think it's about being, like you said, you're an educator where, you know, you're in a school where educators are more so like your demographic. You're being that example and being that voice of change. And no, we can't reach all of them. Yes, we do know that. But I think it's with starting with one step at a time, one student at a time, and it continues to grow within. Um, So, yeah. I think it's definitely, definitely there. And um, I want to see more leadership happen um, for children. Definitely. Amen. 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 So um, present day, present day. And and let's talk. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about um, luck. So why specifically did you why was like North Carolina on your mind to really profile in the showcase? Because, I mean, there's a lot of things you can discuss and talk about. But why Mm -hmm. was it so important for you to highlight your home state? Well, one, I just love the fact of showing home state pride because, you know, whenever you visit D.C. or New York or L.A. or Miami or Dallas or Chicago, people are just all about telling you about what's the greatest things to do when you come and, or Vegas. You know, the fun things to do, all the great things to do. And when you go to those particular areas, there's always multiple venues of tourism or social media presence that can tell you about all the great and wonderful things to do and people that are there. But North Carolina always, to me, felt left behind. It's like we didn't have enough popularity to be like Atlanta when it comes to the music scene. We didn't have the, you know, country music scene like Tennessee has. We didn't have, you know, the D.C. scene or the New York or L.A. scene. But even though we don't have those particular things, we have the beauty of the beaches and the mountains in our same state. We have in between, you know, we're in the middle of a tech mecca where we're in RTP, which is our own version of Silicon Valley. And we're sitting in the midst of the city of medicine in Durham. We're Black Wall Street historically. 
there's so much great rich history here, more than what I want people to focus on. Just, oh, well, they didn't pass this law or this negativity of this or that. Yeah, those are some present day issues that we all know can have to be reformed. But at the same token, there's a lot of beautiful things and people and places to go in Carolina. And I like my home state and I really wanted to show a lot of love to it. And to tell you the honest truth, I was listening to music on the radio, mass, you know, that's mainstream music. And I just was like, okay, I get kind of tired of everybody sounding the same. So let me listen to some local music Mm -hmm. and started listening to local artists and going to local events. And the Lux blog was literally therapeutic for me. It got me out of the house after my husband passed. Mm -hmm. It really became my muse. And it was a way to get me out at open mic nights and events. And next thing you know, here we are. <laughs> mm, so you so, found yeah. the muse. So it's like, it, mm-hmm. it, it first it started out, it got, it got so it's kind of coupling um, yeah. what you what you like to do and what's therapeutic with you, but also making it so it's a sense of you going out all the time. It's not like, okay, I'm going out, I'm having fun, I'm chilling. It's like, okay, I'm doing this, but it's also yeah. building what I actually, your skill set. So you were able to align your skill set with also um, what you really like to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's like, you know, getting invited to restaurant openings or wine bars or private events or lounges or co- concerts or media, you know, going to the radio stations and be- hanging out with the personalities that are good friends of mine, whatever it may be, it's all been in an influence of letting people know that this type of value is sitting right in your home state. And why not support local? Why not? Mm-hmm. Why don't you think there's a a bigger a bigger a bigger avenue a bigger press for for that? Because you know we live in a media where a lot of stuff is sensationalized, nationalized. We see mm-hmm. with the, the election, we see with what's going on, but mm-hmm. there isn't there, there's not a lot of homegrown blogs, homegrown stuff that gets advocated for. So do you, and, and being that you're in that space, do you understand why why that's always the case? Why there's like it's, it's it's so hard locally at times to find, especially if you don't live in a major city, what's mm-hmm. going on and being hit to what's going on in your own space. Right. And I think it becomes difficult because a lot of people they don't take the time to get to see what people are doing in their home state. So a lot of times it's all about the concept of vacationing out of state, mm. but not thinking about a staycation where I could go to a local venue or local concert, try a new restaurant, you know, check out this new wine bar or check out this new, um, you know, hookah bar or low key, you know, new bookstore. There's a family owned bookstore I want to check out or, you know, just trying to see what is actually locally homegrown in your state and media wise for us, you know, we just have like the local medias where we have the news stations and radio stations. But when it comes to an actual blog, we are the only, only North Carolina based blog that is covering North Carolina events. And that was disheartening doing that research and realizing that majority of the bloggers that live here moved here from another state and they're still speaking to their subscribers that are out of state. And even though they're living remotely in North Carolina. So most of the things that they talk about are not North Carolina based. It's based on wherever they are, you know, where they used to live. So, yeah, I wanted to make a really big um, that was my niche. And I saw my niche and I said, let me go for it. And now it's built a brand that's pretty strong. And people know, well, you know, let me call the Lux blog. I know I have this upcoming event or concert I want to promote. That's a media outlet that I know is going to get direct contact to people. 
No, that's that's huge. And you, you just talking that made me think it was eh, because I've traveled and a lot of people that listen to this podcast, they're millennials. And sometimes they might have a mm-hmm. job. They're doing a rotation in Houston, rotation in Charlotte, doing rotations everywhere. And a lot mm-hmm. of their weekends they spent um, either traveling other places, like you said, or mm-hmm. they might find one location where they like and they could keep going to that location. And even me, I'm from Durham, but I can tell mm-hmm. there's a, sometimes there's a lot of Friday nights, Saturday nights where I just go to the same spots over and over again, I go to the same Mexican restaurant. I go to the same <laughs> Chinese restaurant. I'm just like a robot. And I'm like, well, and, and I need sometimes to experiment more because that's how you can yeah. really understand your city. And I think for, for anybody listening, another key takeaway could be wherever you're at, um, to, to just start just researching your city and, and what are the local places around there you can kind of experience more in your state. Like North Carolina is mm-hmm. an amazing state. I, I, I got laughed out the, out of my job one day. Um, somebody said they went to the, the mountains and I forgot. They, I think they went to Asheville and they, they were telling me mm-hmm. about, um, these mountains and it's this forest. And I'm like, well, shoot, I've never been. Like, what do you mean? You live in North Carolina. Like, what are you doing? But it's like, it's just never on top of my head. It'd be like, let's go to Asheville. But there's so many things we take for granted. And then mm-hmm. we go travel somewhere else and, and do the same things we could have done here. <laughs> yeah. And I, I literally am planning a girlfriend's trip for my girlfriends to take them to Cherokee, North Carolina, because that's where my father's family is from. They're from Cherokee. And I really want them to see the beauty of nature that I grew up seeing, you know, going to powwows and Native American festivals and experiences and just be able to see all those things. And my friends, they were just like, wow, who knew that was even just right here at home, two hours away from Raleigh? <laughs> like, yeah, we just let's just go. But it, like you said, it's a lot of things to try. And we want you to try new restaurants. That's why we interview their you know, staff or we interview their owners. And uh, we love to talk about new restaurants. Mm-hmm. Amen, amen. And um, I know we just, this is January 2017, but if you can go back mm-hmm. to 2016 and, and and talk about one to two big lessons you learned from 2016 that's helping you plot, your, plot the way you move in 2017. Definitely to watch the wolves in sheep's clothing. Ooh, I give it, got, it got deep so far. We, we, <laughs> we ain't heard nothing but just like... Everything outside the store, everything else. And now it's, we didn't hit the wolves already. <laughs> the wolves are out here, people. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the wolf pack in the state. I'm talking about the real wolves is out here. Um, you know, protect the brand at all costs is uh, what one of my good friends said to me. Her name is uh, Cicely Mitchell. She's over the Art of Cool Project. Oh, yeah. Shout She's out. I, mean, I got to get her that. on the podcast, too, because they Art of Cool. All, like, yeah, shout out to the Art mm-hmm. of Cool, man. That's shout out to the Art of Cool. Love them. I covered their event last year. Amazing. But I will say this. They're out here. You have to be careful because as soon as you start making your moves, People want to latch on to that because they want to figure out the magic potion to how did you get to this point at this level at this rate when they've been trying to get to that point at this level at this rate. And this one key word, favor. And it's all about being focused and genuine in your advances. When I genuinely connect with the people that I've interviewed I genuinely reconnect with these people and have an endearing friendship with them. I don't just interview them and then go about my way and leave and leave. It's definitely not like that. It's definitely a communication piece where we stay in connection. Tell us about what's new going on with you this year or this month. So I think it's just really watching those wolves because that's the biggest lesson I learned in 2016 is self-care, taking care of self and watching out for those wolves because they were coming for me last year. (laughs) 
but but I know them when I see them, so it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. And uh, they want your brand. You know, they want to either buy in on your brand or they want to um, take your brand and try to change it a little bit or try to duplicate your brand. But no one can ever do your thing your way in your time and when it's meant for you. So they can duplicate what they want to. They can go out here on all the engines and create blogs and create things and do similar things they want, but they'll never be the Lux blog. Mm. That's me. Amen, amen. And how do you stay? I mean, I know it's only been a year, but how have you been able to stay consistent? Um, Because I know Mm -hmm. that's a big thing going on. If you're starting a year, stay consistent. Because at any day, I feel like anybody, whatever craft they do, if people would just stay consistent, I think everybody would blow up. Because every, if you have some type of talent and you stay consistent week after week, continue attacking, continue attacking, you have no choice after five, at three, four, five, six, I don't care how many years, you have no choice but to blow. It's just that people mm-hmm. never get to that spot because they just lack the consistency. So, I mean, I know a year is a long time in the blog world. So how have yeah. you been able to continually, continually stay consistent um, and being out there and engaging with your stuff? Um, mainly is being good with time management, like I said earlier, and then also learning the craft. Like I realized there were people doing way bigger things in the blog world that live here locally that I wanted to connect to. So I started investing into my craft. You know, I would go to workshops, listen to webinars. I would, um, I joined Black Bloggers United which is a national organization that's actually just recently went international where we have chapters all over the world that meet up for power hours once a month. And we talk to bloggers that have major subscribers, whether it's 30, 40,000 subscribers. And these people live in your local towns and they're all located in different places. And for I'm in the Raleigh Durham chapter. And it's an amazing event to be a part of because you go there, and you get to bounce creativity off of other creatives as well. So I think that's one key thing is investing in your craft. You know, don't just think that you're the only one that invented the wheel because you didn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you have to be able to say to yourself, okay, I know I'm at this level, but who's bigger than me? If you're the largest person in your circle, you need a new circle. You need a new circle. You always want to surround yourself with people more successful than you and being creatively driven. So, yeah, that's definitely something that has helped me um, remain consistent. Also, I love to write. I write ahead. I schedule things. So using schedulers and, you know, being able to be on top of the interviews and things that really comes into play. And then knowing how to continue your connections with the people you interview so you can have original content coming through all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and a, a quick question on that because I mean, just for my own sake and just for just yeah. for listeners' sake, um, continuing that connection with interviewers because I think a lot of time we focus in school and even in advice mm-hmm. um, for our relationship and network building on making the first connection. And once you make that first connection, it might lead to a job, it may lead to an interview, it may t- lead to a lot of things. But I think a lot of times we struggle, and me specifically is. What happens after you made that connection? You followed, followed up, you followed through, you got what you needed. And even you followed up and y'all still cordial. But like you said, if you continue to develop that relationship, it can continue to reap more benefits for the both parties. And I think a lot of times I struggle and probably a lot of our listeners, we have no problem sometimes networking. But it's like, OK, well, after you build a network, what are some key things to continue strengthening it rather than just having it out there? 
Absolutely. Like I have gone to venues and interviewed people at their own businesses or, you know, restaurants or bars and things. And I've literally come back and hosted events there. So being able to make that connection and not just coming in there looking for freebies, but actually investing into their, you know, whatever it is that you may need to be able to host something or put something together or sponsors, reaching out to sponsors that have sponsored a lot of my events. Um, I have an upcoming event coming up, a singles mixer, which I'm really excited about. So just making those connections, you know, it's very important to invest in the people. Like if you interview someone and they have a business in a beauty product, um, one I will bring up that I do adore is Moni B Cosmetics. She's amazing. She has her own lipstick line. She's local here in um, Raleigh Durham area and she's doing amazing work. And she literally, I don't even go to Mac anymore. (laughs) So I just go right online and I order her from her or purchase from her if she's out anywhere in events. But just being able to have that personalization to be able to work together like that. And I've been able to support her as well. She's been featured on the blog about her business. So I think it's just about, you know, supporting your community and you supporting them and they will support you. It's just like a relationship. It's a give and take, like a friendship. So, yeah. Amen. 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 So let's transition to the future round, our last round before we get into the culture change and rapid fire. So, um, what, what, what do you have planned next as far as you personally with your career, as well as what can we look forward to Lux blog in 2017? Well, definitely for the career wise is going forward, pushing through with the master's degree and getting through that, the research and everything I do with the beat HIV project. We're going into another new semester now. All the students are back. So we're gearing up now after this snow days to be back into the hustle and bustle of doing the work that we do, which we do a lot of clinical research for um, UNC Chapel Hill. So which is great. And being able to do community engagement that we're getting ready to host a crowdsourcing contest, which is going to be great and host focus groups where we're going to be talking about HIV. So that's going to be an amazing project that I'm spearheading and facilitating. Um, And then for the Lux blog, what I'll be doing is we now have nine new team members. So that gives us a lot more coverage over the state. So when all of us travel or whenever we want to do different things, we have a lot more flexibility. We have five videographer photographers and then we have four writers. So now we can be present at way more events than just me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) going to events or my blog partner Lenny I would like to shout her out Lenny Wright she's amazing Um, besides my blog partner um, it's not just us anymore so now we're coming full steam in 2017 with a whole new team to bring you brand new exclusive content new interviews fresh new material now we're all off of the winter break so that's going to be great the Lux blog like I said we're going to be hosting mixers So this year we will actually be working with the Aloft Hotel of Durham, downtown Durham. Y'all got the Aloft? What? (laughs) Oh, man, I'm about to be a wolf. (laughs) We are working with the Aloft, and they have invited us to host events every month for 2017. They love our content. They support us. And I want to shout out the Aloft downtown Durham because they are amazing. Amazing. Is that the one by the Durham Pop Park? Yes, it's right there by the Mm D-Pack. All I know is I stayed there one time. Shout out to uh, MLT program for comping that stay. And oh my goodness, that room, the room (laughs) is like a house. (laughs) It's so, man. Oh, wow. That's, that's, let me know. The singles mixes, I'm all for it. (laughs) 
I'm all boy. I know I might be a little young, but I'm all, we all young. You, no one's young. You I'm know, it's okay, but you know what? I'm just, it's an invitation only type oh. of event. So Ooh. I hope people understand it's invitation Ooh. only, but you know what? For you, even though you're not in our age group that we're invited, I'm going to bring you up in there because I want you to be in the space and experience with the Lux blog. So you're going to be my special guest to come on out and hang out with us. So we're going to have a great time. And I'll definitely get that invitation over to you this weekend because we're going to have a great time. And some of the um, this event is going to be that 35, well, really 30 plus group that's going to be professionals in the area. We're trying to connect them in a creative space and it's called the meetup. So it's going to be very nice. And each month I will the Lux blog will be hosting different events at the ALOF. So stay tuned. We are going to be hosting different things. It won't always be a single mixer. So it'll definitely be different events and we'll be posting it on our social media. So, yeah. Amen, amen, oh, amen, amen. Let's work with the A-Loft. <laughs> and two more questions before we go into the culture sure. change. Um, the first being, if you had to, you you and you walk into this door, and in this door there's a, a young person there, and the young person um, is you, but it's you ten years ago. Uh, what would you tell yourself ten years ago, knowing that you knowing what you know now? I would say, Kimberly, you are enough. You are enough just as you are. You are beautiful. You are creative. You are enough. And a lot of times, especially in my younger years, because like I said, I'm 35. So when I was 25, I was a big people pleaser. I wanted to people please because as an only child, you go through those experiences where you want to have that type of favoring from people. And a lot of times that can be harmful because you can run against the wrong type of people and that can become a abusive using type of situation. Um, but now as a grown woman and, you know, getting ready to be aged out of the young adult section, as my blog partner would say, out of church. Oh, no, you're not about to be. You got to eat like phew, our young adults is, is 25 to 50. You know what I'm saying? 25 you know, to 40. I'm just saying. But um Still young at heart, very much so. And definitely embracing. I would tell her to embrace what's to come and that you are a survivor. And I've been through, my testimony goes even way beyond just my late husband. It goes through a lot of different transitions, but each one has been a life lesson and teachable moment that I've enjoyed. Each mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. I love it. And um, last question in the future round. Uh, when it's all said and done, how, how would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered as a change agent, someone who didn't sit still, that proactively got out in her community and voiced her thoughts, her feelings, her emotions for the betterment change of her community. I definitely would like to be remembered as that and someone that always wanted to genuinely do what's right and good for people. I definitely want to be remembered as that. Mm. Amen, amen, amen. That's that's great. So we'll wrap it, wrap it up. And now we in our last round, our culture change round, where I ask a series of five rapid and rapid fire questions. And then you throw oh. back the rapid fire answers. You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. What's <laughs> the best piece of advice that you never received? Best piece of advice I never received was taking time for self. I usually my family always was about helping people volunteering all the time, but they didn't teach me a lot about self-care. Therefore, my theme for 2017 for my personal self, I don't really do resolutions. I do themes is self-care 2017. So that's one big lesson that I was never taught. 
Mm. Um, and so, I usually don't do this, but side note, what was the rationale in 2016 that, that told you I need to take care of myself more in 2017? Because 2016, I was really just hitting the ground hard. I was going really hard at all the entities of my life from education to my master's program to, to beat HIV, the Lux blog, speaking and writing the book. I was really just grinding literally the whole year. And there was not much time for self-care, not taking the moment to read a meditative book or get a massage or go have lunch with friends or spend quality time with your parents or take a moment to, you know, just even take a nice long bath. Like it just not taking those really simple things and making them owned. And so this year I'm definitely taking time to enjoy the moments of my accomplishments. Big mm. time. Amen. 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 Amen to that. Um, mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if you can add one personal habit to your life, what would it be? Uh, one personal habit to my life. Let's see. Um, I definitely would. I definitely like to add that I need to start. Would you, in the sense of a personal habit, do you mean just like hobbies or things to do? Or um, it could be things to do, or it could be something like, well, I want to be early bird. Uh, I would love if I could just add something to be an early bird or something like that. Yeah, I think something that I've just recently added on is yoga. That's become my new mm. thing, and eating healthy, eating really, really healthy. Even though you're on the go so much, but being proactive on eating healthier and doing a yoga lifestyle on a daily basis has really been a great personal habit I started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your favorite two books and why? My favorite two books. Ooh, this is tough. I love to read. <laughs> you can do three. If, um, you, if you can't get it down to two, you can do three. <laughs> <laughs> the Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Oh, I love that. Very big book. Meeting her was life changing for me. Met her last year at Black Girls Rock. Ooh, yep. Shonda Rhimes. Yes, met her. Interviewed her. Amazing experience. Um, <laughs> amazing experience. All the Black Girl magic there was just amazing. <laughs> um, just being able to be in the mist and feel it was amazing. Um, definitely, this meditations book I mentioned earlier. Meditations for women who do too much. Annie Wilson Shape. Great daily reminders of things about yourself when you're overloaded or overwhelmed and you just do a whole lot of things. This will bring things into key perspective. Um, So but back to mentioning Shonda, Shonda's book, Year of Yes, is a great testament to getting you to be jump starting out there and going for what you want and saying yes to things that normally you may say no to in the sense of things that could be empowering to you or very effective. So those are definitely two books that I definitely love. And if I had to toss a third in there, it would be the Dream Chaser book by Tony Gaskins. Mm-hmm. Um, love Tony Gaskins. He's um, big on social media. And I think he's done really well with his platform, but definitely like his Dream Chaser book. So definitely support it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. And what inspires you the most and keeps you motivated? Um, what inspires me the most is I would have to say my muse is my parents. Um, just looking at their testimony and their life real quickly, just saying they've been married 38 going on 39 years. Mm. They got married really young at 20. They were like 24 and 25 
dated nine months, got married, been together all these years, still madly in love, had, you know, planned me four years after getting married and got done traveling, had great careers, retired. They just live in the life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they inspire me to grow into that type of lifestyle and to take those moments for family and friends. So they really inspire me to be very creative. And uh, my uncle, my uncle, I always call him uncle. That's what I call him by my father's brother. He inspires me so much because he has lived and traveled just about every continent on this earth and has an amazing story himself. And he really inspired me to always do my best when it comes to my education that will take me far. So definitely they inspire me a lot. <laughs> Man, And then the last question around before we lead to our culture change question is, if you were the president of the United States, uh, what is the first thing you would do? Get rid of our current president. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> our president-elect. No, I'm just kidding. Bring Obama back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know Michelle's ready to go. No, but um, on a serious note, I definitely would look at the reforms that and the wonderful things that Obama has been able to do in the course of the past eight years of a scandalous presidency. And I think it's amazing that he's been able to do that. And I would definitely want his learnings and tutelage of how to move forward. So that's something I would definitely do is just looking at how his plan of action for presidency and thing that I would do is definitely look into more funding going into things like mental health as well as HIV awareness to continue that because I think there's there's funding there and yes, we do get resources, but it's also times where that funding is not always easily accessible. And the people in the community that really need it by working in the grassroots level of it you want to see more of that money come down to that level. Definitely. Amen. Amen. That's, that's great. That's great. And then our last, last and final question of the show. Um, if you could change one thing about society, most specifically our African-American culture, what would it be and why? I think for us, definitely for our African-American culture is the fear of flight. So many of us are so fearful of just being free. One thing we see with other cultures, especially our European descent culture, human race culture, is that they just go for it. Where we feel so restricted because we allow sometimes people to hinder us from going to that next level. And I hope your listeners can relate to that a little bit because a lot of times in different family settings of peers and friends of mine that are all of African-American descent, it comes back in our conversations about I don't know if my family would accept me being an entrepreneur. Real quick, I'll say I interviewed a um, friend of mine. I'm in the Junior League of Raleigh. Shout out to them. <laughs> <laughs> and the Junior League, I had a friend. I have a friend that she owns her own wine bar downtown Raleigh. It's an amazing wine bar. She literally was having Sunday dinner with her family. And she's, you know, she's um, Caucasian. And she was having family dinner with her family. And they all invested in her that following week to own that business. It was it was like her saying she wanted to be an entrepreneur was not an outside, crazy, drifty thought. It was the idea of, wow, how can we come together to help you create generational wealth? I would love to see that with our community. We don't have to be crabs in a barrel. We can collaborate together with our skill sets and our talents and really progress. So I would love to see that. Oh, man. Phenomenal answer. Phenomenal interview. Phenomenal story. Um, and I, I like to say from the bottom of my heart, just thank you for 
sharing your story. Um, thank you for, for highlighting and showcasing North Carolina and all the work you do. And I'm excited to what's going to come forth in 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21. Uh, most importantly, I'm excited about this 35 and up or 30 and up invite to A-Law. Yeah. Shout out to A-Law, the Lugs of Law. Yeah. Right, right. So, you know, this is, this is a private affair. So you will be getting a private invitation from yours truly to come on out and hang out with us and get to see what a nice creative experience we have planned. Um, it's called Where the professional creatives meet so it's gonna be fun oh man oh man so before you go before you go can you share with our audience our listeners all your social media channels where we can find you at where we can find information about lux blog at and and where we could find all things miss knight affiliated online Yes, online you can find me at at Pretty Fab Writer on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find my website, KimberlyMKnight.com. You can find that for me personally. For the Lux blog, we are at the Lux blog NC, which is on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And you can also um, find our new website. We will be launching it tomorrow. TheLuxBlogNC.com will be launching tomorrow. And we will be breaking out uh, where you get to see all the new people that are a part of it. As well as our posting will be Mr. Desan Anu, who is locally here. Um, an educator, professor, Harvard fellow, and a fellow poet. So he is amazing. So we no, can't he, wait to post. Yeah, he's definitely the bomb. Like he's he's a, mm-hmm. a legend, a legend, a legend. So all those links will be in the show notes when the show comes out. So once again, all the links to the, the book she mentioned, the links to her website, her profile, so you can find her out, shout her out. Definitely tell her you enjoyed the interview. And uh, Minority Trailblazing Nation, let's give her a thank you on behalf of everybody listening. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much this was fun i had a great time no i had an even better time so um and and, and, and and side note it took us like 30 minutes just to even get on this call so we was we, we hung yes. too because most people would have been like well shoot we can do it tomorrow we'll do something like this we we she was about to use a tablet she was about to probably go over <laughs> a friend's house and use their computer like yeah <laughs> she was not playing and i love it i love it i love it so um once again minority troubles nation like we always do i need you to do two things before we go to first make sure you leave a review on i tunes and the second make sure tomorrow when you wake up or wherever you listen to it now make sure you're doing one thing today to change the freaking culture